So far, uh, 2020 has turned out to be a thriller, horror, sci-fi show at the very least. And while we are hoping for the best outcome, it's clearly going to be a long drawn out spectacle. In the meantime though, how about we get on with the Other Experts podcast? First and foremost, thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, it's a great honor to, to be joining you. Uh, my name is Oku Emmanuel Chisum and I'm from Lagos, Nigeria. This is your host Chukudi, and you are listening to the Other Experts podcast. Um, practically, I have been living in Malaysia for the past about eight years, and I reside in the great city of Kuala Lumpur. And as you know, uh, Kuala Lumpur is considered the industrial capital of Malaysia. <laughs> um, well, I studied and graduated from Kuala Lumpur Metropolitan University where I backed a degree in information technology. And I was also certified computer network specialist from the same university. Um, in my current role, uh, I'm currently the um, customer success manager, working with uh, an engagement data-driven company that helps company develop, um, you know, thriving workplace culture that builds great employee engagement, recognition, retention, and of course, uh, performance. Your name is Chisom. Uh, yes. But you also said you are from Lagos, Nigeria, which is not... Chisom uh, for people who are listening. Uh, Chisom is a very Igbo name. Um, but Lagos is not exactly somewhere you'd consider to be um Igbo ish um how does that work uh, for those are listening that are not from nigeria yes uh chisom is from the eastern part of nigeria okay the name the Igbos. uh but why i, I said from lagos nigeria i was um born and bred in lagos so oh, basically okay. i lived all my life in lagos i grew up in lagos and for those from lagos they have a dialect. the language spoken there is yoruba so i also do speak yoruba very well so i consider myself because uh, um, I believe wherever you are, wherever you're living or you start from, you should consider yourself part of that community. So this is why I associate myself with, with Lagos. Okay, that's, that's an interesting point of view. Being in Malaysia, being an expat in Malaysia, is that an opinion that you have, like you are part of the society here? Oh, oh yes, of course. Um, very much, very much so. Um, when I came into Mala uh, Malaysia, in I, I came into Malaysia September 2011. All right. So uh, the first thing I realized was uh, the people around, there was no communication between the locals, there wasn't, and the foreigners, you know, and the expert. And I realized, Wait, you sorry, know, when, they when asked, you, sorry, when you say foreigners, uh, expert, do you, do you mean like the black experts? Um, or like every expat? Um, okay, I would say the majority uh, were black, those okay. I noticed. Right. Although they do to some uh, other um, race, but majority of it were black. All right. What I, uh, from my observation then, so I realized that most of the black, the locals tend to, when they see them, right, they tend to get scared to associate themselves with the blacks. Hmm. And 
I, don't, you don't think it was the other way around, like it was the blacks who don't want to associate themselves with the locals? Okay, I <laughs> I'm coming to that part. Okay, but that, that was that was my basic because when I when I came in and I went to my school on the first day, uh, at the cafeteria I realized something. I realized at the cafeteria, the locals were eating one side and the foreigners, the blacks were eating one side. So I sat down in the middle. I tried to observe what was going on because my mindset of coming was I was coming abroad and student life, everybody have to mix up and, you know. So I, I realized this. I didn't know what was going on at that moment mm. until, okay, instinctively I have to go to where the black were because I was, I'm an African. Mm. So I joined my African uh, family. Then I started to ask, why, why are you guys not mixing? So... From what I understood, they explained to me was, oh, no, no, those guys, if you go through them, they will probably cover their nose. They have this perception that, um, you know, African smells. And I was like, oh, really? I Then I felt, I felt down, like, okay, if they have this perception about us and they're not willing to want to associate, then I don't think that that is the idea. I, I, I think there's something more to it. So what I did was, Instead of me, every time I come to school right now, instead of me joining the African, I go directly to join the foreigners. I join them and I realize they feel intimidated. So I then realize it wasn't like they didn't like us. They want to communicate with us, right? But probably they didn't know how to. And some of them are not really exposed to foreigners to, you know, discuss or chat with them. So uh, at that moment, I took it upon myself to start up a movement. Actually, my coming in 2011 uh, in uh, my, 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 my university, Metropolitan University, actually had a lot of impact. I started a movement whereby I set a goal. Because being in a place, if you're in a country, you have to be part of the country. If you're in... A university you have to be part of the university if you're in a gathering you have to be part of that gathering i set a goal my mission is to unite everyone as long as we are all students studying under the same university we we, we should be one and that was how i um started the movement of uniting the uh, foreign student and the local student and my movement started with first creating the international student representative in the school for Malaysia then. So I went to the registrar, I spoke with her to get uh, approval. Like, I, I, this is what I have. This is the, 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 the plan and the project I want to embark on. And she, I was so shocked. She told me they've been trying to do this a long time, but they have not had success. But if I'm willing to embark on it, they will give me their full support. So what I did, I... I called to some of my African um, friends and I told them, this is the plan I have. Are you guys willing to join me? Let's form this association. And they said, yeah. So I got about 11 guys and from there we started. From starting, we started first the, the African gathering, the uh, international student gathering first, whereby we meet, we don't, we don't care which country you're from. You're from Zimbabwe, Pakistan, Iran, Nigeria. We just have to come together. 
And all this within two months, I was able to form the group. So at that time, we then named ourselves the International Student Council, ISC. So forming the ISC, and that was how I was able to actually bring up the student, the International Student Association in KLMU. And the next step we took was to go to the management and we were officially recognized in 2012. So based on your question, yes, if you are in a part of a community, you are part of a country, you need to belong and represent yourself, your country as an ambassador to that country. So is the, is the ISC different from the International Students Representative of the Malaysia Student Association? Uh, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, the formulation of the ISC, immediately we did, we formulated the IR, we had the ISC um, started. So we have representative, because the ISC made, is made up of um, all international students in Kuala Lumpur Metropolitan University. Okay. And now the international student representative were selected from ISC to represent mm. the school. Right. Because we do have uh, the guardian of all international students in Malaysia. So uh, the international student representative of Malaysia, just a part a representative of KLMU to that particular guard, uh, organization. So the Nigerian Student Association is also different? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, what we have in KLMU is we, all the countries, we have our own association. Okay. We have association of Pakistani student, of um, Somali student, or Iranian, we, we have association. So the uh, Nigerian Student Association of Malaysia. So from KLMU, we do have the Nigeria uh, Student Association. So in this case, uh, I was rep I wasn't the only one. About four, five were represent selected to represent the Nigerian student interests of KLMU in the body of Nigerian Student Association right. in Malaysia. So all actually represent one goal, and the one goal is to represent our students as a as a whole of. Kuala Lumpur Metropolitan University. Why do you think um, organizations or associations like this are important? Because uh, um, it's very, very, very important because sometimes we have students leaving families, leaving loved ones, coming overseas. They have nobody. They have no one. They have no relative. So associations like this help such students know that they have families abroad. Taking an instance of for Nigerian Student Association, right in that association, we 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 portray Nigeria image. We 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 our culture and, uh, and norms and values are actually showcased in our meetings. So, for instance, students from Nigeria that have no one, no loved one abroad that joins uh, the association, they will feel at home, knowing fully well. They have a brother, they have a sister that understand whatever pain, whatever uh, issues they are, they might be going through. And also, the very important reason of joining this association is, sometimes we have students who run into trouble with the law. Mm, okay. 
And this is where we as an association comes out because this is Nigeria Association coming together to actually see that a one of our own is living well. And in most cases, we also transmit all information to the Nigerian embassy to, on, to let them know or get them aware of the situation of all Nigerian students in our university. So it's very, very, very important that um, students join association like this so that they can know that they have uh, people that are there to represent them. Why, um, and why was starting an association like this important to you as an individual? For me, starting up this um, association for me, generally, it's important to me because it's who I am generally. I see myself as someone who want to help or stand for those who have no voice. Association like this help me represent people who need my representation. And some more, it also helped build who I am because uh, as a person, I see myself to be the voice of the people. And which was why my, my current role in my current organization, I'm with the engagement team because I, I'm into customer's experience. I just want to do anything possible to help people out, to help people resolve their issues and to help people attain whatever goal or height they have in mind to achieve. So this is more reason when I came, I, I called on my friends that I want to form this association, the International Student Council in Kuala Lumpur Metropolitan University. Uh, although most people didn't believe it was going to work out, they told me then, oh, they tried it before a long time in 2007, 2006, it didn't work out. Uh, why do I think it's going to work out this time? I told them because I have the passion in it. And my coming to Malaysia, I, the truth is, I felt it's my responsibility to change the perception of people about foreign students, about to change the perception of the locals about foreign students, to make them realize, although we are foreign, although we are visitors in the country, we are also part of the system right now. So, and that was what actually uh, drove my interest and that motivated me to actually come up with uh, the Association of the International Student Council. And I can tell you, we really did achieve a lot from my time 2012 to 2014 it was it was um it, it, it was an association to be reckoned with in the school and up <laughs> to today yeah. um I, i'm proud that we we, we were where we are okay like what 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 achievements what notable achievements can you share um that you had or that the association has had um in the past few years but when you've been there and since you've been out of um, college okay um the, the, the number one um achievement was for the first time uh in the history of the school the association actually we organized the first international student cultural night it was massive Okay. It was 2013. It was the first time in the university history that uh, international students were able to organize this cultural night. And we held it in one of the most famous uh, uh, convention center in Malaysia, uh, the uh, the trade center, the Putra Trade Center. All right. 
it, it, it was amazing. We held it there. It was an event that will not be forgotten, even by the university. So that was the first achievement we had. Now, the second one was the recognition of international students academically. We, we thought that um, our international students that were performing well in their department were recognized by the university. In fact, uh, in 2014, uh, we have a Nigerian that came out as the overall best student of the university, 2014. Okay. And we also celebrated uh, him. So we, we, we had a lot of achievements. Also, we, we had our own outing. The first time we went on uh, a trip, a field trip, to Podixen, whereby we went with all international students. We brought in, because that that event, we wanted to unite the, the foreign student and the local student. So the international student organized the first outing of all students, whereby we have the locals and the foreign student. We came together, we went to Podixen, and it was seen as something that unified the whole school. And that was how we got our our hype in the school, and the school understood how important, uh, why we are so important, and it also boosts our personality in that uh, in the university. So, uh, these are some of the achievements we, we we had uh, during my time as president in the school. <laughs> well, that's great. That sounds like it was really effective and. Oh, it was, it was. Yeah, that's that's really good. What's your experience been like going from student to full-time employee expert in Malaysia? Okay, um, th that's a very important question, and thank you for, for asking. Um, the, the, the fact is, it wasn't easy to get a job in Malaysia. Okay, it's not generally easy to get a job. In fact, um, I got to know when I joined the university that you, as a student i cannot work and study yeah. as against europe australia canada and the us i immediately i came into the school i started applying for job because i i wanted to like sponsor myself and also study mm -hmm. then like have some cashing so i then realized i cannot work the students are not allowed to work then i was so surprised oh i, I didn't have this idea so then I thought maybe once you graduate, then you can find a job easily. Yeah. Then from my research, then I realized it wasn't also that easy. But I, I kept focused. Well, I don't know what I was going to do, uh, but I, I just concentrated on my studies first. So after my graduation, um, I did apply to so many companies. I was just trying to see. Although I already know that the, the chances of me getting a job is 95% none. <laughs> the 5% is, is just by chance. The 95% is I won't get any. 5% yeah. is mm, maybe. Um, then I, I applied um, with one of the um, telecommunication company as a customer executive, customer uh, service executive. Yeah. And voila, I got an email asking me to come for an interview. I went for the interview. Three days later, I was offered uh, the position. I I felt 
to to be quite honest, I say it to be luck. <laughs> I say it to be luck because um, it's still the fact today. It is difficult for foreign students or foreigners generally to get a job in Malaysia. It is very and last time it was even better, but now uh, it is the, the, the system is more is not con, is not favorable at this time for foreign uh, a student or expatriate at this time. Why so why not favorable at this time though? Um, obviously because of the government policy, the, the categories, you know, and companies want to hire, a lot of companies want to really hire expatriates or foreign students. They want to, but the, 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 the policy in place doesn't allow most of this organization to hire, uh, um, you know, foreign students, those that they know that are good, uh, because now we have the category one, two, and three. So for category one, uh, three, for instance, is for those earning 3,000, uh, between uh, 5,000 and below, mm -hmm. uh, 4,099 below, I, not up to 5,000. Then category two is from 5,000 above. So for most companies, if they hire those with category three, mm -hmm. then after probably three years, they, they have to go back to what they call cooling off period which will affect the productivity of the company. Okay. And that is why they, they, they say it's not productive to hire someone, then later the person has to go for treatment and, you know. So um, the, the truth is, is it's a really big uh, hurdle to get a job in Malaysia. Um, but for those who have it, the truth is, yeah, a lot of foreigners are working in Malaysia, which is, which is a fact. But compared to the ratio is is really so low and a lot of students really want to work a lot of talent are there a lot of students who have uh, you know the united states is great for one reason because intellect people who has the expertise are allowed to work and contribute to the society mm -hmm. and for me i believe malaysia is becoming a great nation and if only they can allow give the freedom to experts, students with high IQ, students that actually graduated with good results, give them the opportunity to work. You see, Malaysia, I, I, I see Malaysia competing with the United States in terms of technology and economic improvement and advancement. So this is all I can say for now about uh, the job um, opportunities in Malaysia. Can I, can I have your own opinion about this? Can I, so for you, how, how did you, how did you live your life? Like, like your working experience, how, how was it for you? How easy was it for you? Oh, like it was crazy difficult. <laughs> That's the thing. Like it's, I think it's a lot of people, um, know and understand that it's difficult, uh, but the difference is some of us decide to continue to press forward um, continue to try like you try and try and try and I think what is important also is your level of skill um, because um, Malaysia is as a country I think it's the same thing even in the US in most countries even in Nigeria where we're both from you will only be hired if you have something to offer 
if you don't have anything to offer, nobody's going to just give you a job just because. Uh, unless you know someone, of course, that's, <laughs> that's a, a, a aside <clears throat> from the case, yeah. Uh, but if for, for most companies or for most um, organizations, they will consider you if you have something to offer. So the idea is that you build your skills and yourself so that when you get to the position to, when you have the opportunity to present yourself, you have something to offer, skills to offer. And I think that's, that's something that I believe in and it's something that I have always um, pushed for. So while it's difficult, it's, been, it's always been very difficult. It's, I have also always tried to have um, something that I offered um, that is not um, easily available, that's unique at least up to a certain extent. Um, so that you stand out from the crowd. And I think that's something everyone should exactly. should try to have. It 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 doesn't exactly. make it easy, it just makes it slightly the, the slightest bit easier. That's that's all. But it's definitely mm. good to have, yes. It's good to have, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I think. And yeah. But for me, generally, my, yeah. I I do tell people. Um, most people like Malaysia is not a good con. Like they they have different. They have their own opinion about Malaysia. Yeah. But for me, I I, I do tell people I've enjoyed my time in Malaysia from the beginning until now. Mm-hmm. Malaysia has been a great country to me, and although not everybody might be able to say that, okay, but from my own perspective, I mm-hmm. I see the country. I see the country will grow. I think the country will really is really striving to be the best. But uh, the, the issue of um, allowing students and you know expatriates to, to get a gainful employment, you know, and give them the opportunity to be part of the system in terms of the residency and the rest, it will really because when ideas come, all that is why the United States remains the world power because. They are there and united from different background, race, experience, expertise coming all around the world to build a united nation. Although you know that might not last long uh, with the whole Trump situation now, where he's uh, <laughs> restricting uh, people from certain countries from entering the the United States. Yes, mm. but if you still look at what Trump is talking about. Most people just, I believe, are misunderstanding his policies. That's what I think. Oh, wait, He's not saying. Don't tell me you are a Trump supporter, though. It, it's no, okay, no, it's no, okay I, if you are. I'm not like judging or anything. I'm I, just saying. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just I'm talking <laughs> about policies. Okay. He, most people are misunderstanding what he's trying to say. He's not trying to say foreigners should not come in. The number one thing he says is illegal. I also, I believe you are also not in support of illegal. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Nobody's in support of illegal. But he says if you're an expert, he wants people to come in legally and they have to be experts. But what... So that we can, we, can, we can debate on, we can have different opinion on. Yeah. So we're coming back to Malaysia, <laughs> I will also not support Malaysia to keep illegal. Right. But I will only, you know, plead they should allow people that are legal mm. and have this skill to work 
Okay. So many, so many students are there in Malaysia. They have the skill. They want to work, but they don't have the opportunity. They apply. The companies don't want to take them just because of the policy set by the government. They cannot be hired, and they are forced to leave mm-hmm. the country. So that's just all I'm saying. If we have the policy to allow the skilled and the talented to stay back and give back to the country they have studied, they learned most of what they'll be giving back from Malaysia. So if they can allow them give back, I believe Malaysia will, 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 will grow and will be recognized as one of the fastest growing country in the world. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to <laughs> uh you you mentioned um that you've had a great time here in malaysia um what yep. would what would you say has been your favorite and least favorite thing about living here um for me um when i say enjoy malaysia it means of the culture Okay. The honest truth is, I love the country. I love the I love their cultural system, although they do have some of them that you know. But generally, I love the fact they love food. Their food is <laughs> they have there's different. There's a lot of food in Malaysia, and Malaysia is so nice that despite all the food you have, their food is so cheap. <laughs> you can eat basically whatever you want. I I I tell anyone. If you're in Malaysia, I don't think you can get you can go hunger. If you have as little as five ringgit, you can get a meal that will satisfy you. <laughs> you understand? So yeah. I, I I love that about. And another thing I love about the country is um, the. It, for me, I, I'm talking in terms of my um, working experience right now. I've enjoyed love and 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 support from my colleagues, from my team. And the people generally towards me, like I said, I'm using myself particularly because everybody have their different experience and what have not. For for me generally, um, a lot also have witnessed racism like that. But I, I think I'm fortunate. I've not really experienced or direct racism from anyone. All my time as in being in Malaysia, um, I'm not pet. pet particularly to me but yes i have seen to uh where it happened to others now um i've you know enjoyed going to the island like going to Genting island cameron island it's a, it's a wonderful place malaysia is also you know one thing is flying in malaysia is also very cheap very cheap to fly meaning you can you can just fly to one of this island and have a nice time we and flying, relax. Explain. You mean within or outside Malaysia? Within, within okay. Malaysia. Okay, okay. Within Malaysia is very cheap also. So you you can just get off work at the weekend. You can fly to Cameroon Island. You can fly to 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 um, Penang. You can fly to uh, Sabah or Sarawak just to have catch a break. Uh, you, you know, Nigerians, Nigerians are not allowed into Sabah, though. Ah, that is the experience I want to. I would love to share with you. Oh, okay. Yes, but what if I tell you I've been to Sabah? Yeah, I have been to before the the new policies came in as well. I I, no, I was I, that. Sorry, you were saying? 
Yeah, I've I've been to Sabah. I went to Sabah, I think, twice before the policy. And then once mm-hmm. once the policy was already in place. But um, if you're not there on official business, then you can't mm. go in. Yeah. Okay. I, I quite agree with you. Actually, um, I believe uh, the, the policy came in sometime in 2017. The new policy. I'm not so sure of the when. But I was in Sabah in December of 2018. Okay. So... As at when I went to Sabah 20 December 2018, I was told also that this I was like, I've been to most of the states in Malaysia. How come I've never been to Sabah? I've heard a lot of nice things about Sabah. I want to visit. And you know, they do, they do have the US base in Sabah. Yeah. So like, I, I really want to get to see it, you know. And my friends, my colleague in the office, oh, so oh, you're from Nigeria, you can't uh, go to Sabah. I was like, oh, why? I have Malaysian visa. Why can't I travel to Sabah? I like that is your, just the way it on is. On your visa, it so, also says only for West Malaysia. Yeah, but West Malaysia, not. I've been to Sarawak. I was able to go to Sarawak. Yeah, Sarawak, Sarawak is fine, but this, you, they still have to stamp you in and stamp, so, stamp you out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, they told me then I couldn't go to Sabah because um, it's I'm Nigerian. Then I said okay how i i have never heard of this policy then they open i i went on google search it was there it was written you can only go if you probably you are have a spouse over there or you are invited by the government or there's three criteria they listed so i was like okay okay ah so then i said to myself there's something i've always believed i believe in personality who you are i said to myself i've been in this country for years i i even have a certificate uh, uh, from the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which is uh, code of the conduct, proof of conduct, code of conduct. You know that I've been in this country without any issue, and I'm Lagos, you know, uh, person in this country. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna try. So what I did was, I already zeroed my mind. If they were gonna uh, deny me visa, okay, I will understand. I was warned. So I, I, I entered uh, Asia, I flew to um, Sabah, I got to the immigration point and the immigration officer held my passport and he looked at it. Then he said, for what purpose are you here in Sabah? Like, I've been living in Malaysia for years and I've been hearing about Sabah. I just want to see how, if everything they're saying about Sabah is true, if the people are friendly and if they have the best food. And that's why I'm here. And he looked at me and he just chucked me in. Welcome to Sabah. Oh, wow. And that was, that was no... Then I, I went in, I stayed uh, four days in Sabah. Then I came back. So I posted it on my uh, my Facebook, you know, I, because I went to this the, the museum and I went to places to prove that I was in Sabah, right? <laughs> I, I uploaded it on Facebook and people started like, are you sure? You... Are you married to a Sabahan? Are you I like no I'm not married. I'm I'm a single guy. I'm I'm not married. Okay, for all then, the listeners out there, Emmanuel is single and not married. Okay, keep going, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, I I went in as a visitor and they allowed me in. And the truth was it was what I expected. It was fun. Right. I didn't see a lot of I didn't see I didn't see I didn't come across Africans. I was so shocked. But the people were sure friendly. They were nice, the food was nice and everything. So 
I've always believed in something. Uh, it sometimes, although there are perception about Africans, but I believe in as an individual, you can express yourself differently. Your personality will speak for you. Who you are will speak for you. So, I still believe, generally, for Malaysians, they should not categorize uh, categorize all Africans as. We are, we are having the same character, we are having the same nature, we are involved in the same kind of business. We are all different, we have different professions, we have experts, we have people who have high skills over there. And that just, well, but, but Sabah is a great place to be. Okay, oh, that's definitely good to know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, so you've not said what your least favorite thing is. Um, assuming like your, some of your favorite things are like the places to visit, the food, um, what what do you like least about um, being an expert here, living out here? Um, what I like, uh, I, I don't l- really like about, um, how would I put it? Uh, it's about... You, you don't have to have one, but if you do, then yeah, it's definitely yeah, good to know. Yeah, <laughs> generally, okay, let me just put it in general terms. It's right. about uh, this notion that i'm sorry to say they have this notion that african smells oh wow okay they, they they have this it's a mentality and it's really so embarrassing mm. you know uh it took some time i then realized it was um you know uh the issue of it's just it's just a mentality generally so i i really don't when i see uh being done to people and in fact sometimes you go into the lift you see people covering their noses mm. inside the lift mm. you know is it's a symbol but later i got to realize i think some of these people who stay involved in it are people who are not really exposed mm, true. who have not been out there because that was the first thing I witnessed when I came into the country. You go into the lift, if there are like few Africans or they then you see they will cover their nose. And I didn't really know what it meant until I started understanding what it means or, you know, the smell and stuff like that. I was like, oh, that is so offensive, you know. But um, I think there's an improvement from the time I came until the very moment. I've seen a lot of changes, a lot of improvement. And that's what I would say. I, I you know, hear the list of, um, in in Malaysia when I when I first came in. Moving on though, uh, I have these what I'll be calling kaizen questions that oh. I, that, that <laughs> I would ask every episode of the Other Spots podcast. And the first one would be what your most, what has been your most influential book and why you think it's influential? Uh, actually, for me, generally, I see myself as... I see myself as a, uh, as a leader and someone who is there to, 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 to influence others. So I usually do read influential books and motivational books because I can learn and I help uh, propel. And my choosing from my best... Um, my most influential book will be uh, the, the Seventh Habit of Highly Effective People. And this is by Stephen Covey. Okay. It's a very, very influential, uh, the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Okay. Uh, this, is, uh, this book is, to me, mostly highly influential because uh, it, it, 
reading about it, you know, are able to why, you know, the habit of highly effective people. Why are they effective? You know, you see some people, you see them speaking. People like you know, the influential Bill Gates, people like Tangote, and people like you know, Mike Zuckerberg. Why are they effective? It's just the way they communicate their their mindset. So uh, I really recommend this book to uh, to all that want to understand the insight into uh, those highly flexible uh, uh, people out there. And it's, it's by Stephen Covey. So the the, the the book is my most influential book. <laughs> so do do you think um, self help books are effective? Uh, yes, I do because you know. There is this uh, adage that says experience is the greatest teacher, you know. So if you don't have the experience to something, you might not really know how to maneuver. So for you as an individual, you cannot have all the experience at one time. So how do you want to learn? So how do you learn is by reading. So by reading influential books, by reading motivational, by reading, you will be able to understand you see, most 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 of these writers they reveal their secret in their books, especially how they make wealth, how they plan, mistakes they made, how they correct it. So from their own experience, it's not necessarily you have to do what they what they've done, but at least you have an understanding of how they succeed, yeah, succeeded or why they failed, and from there it shapes your own mind, and you then know how to to to. So uh, position yourself for greatness. All right. Okay. That, that's good to know. And the second question would be, what's your favorite productivity tool or resource? Oh, uh, um, Microsoft Teams. And, <laughs> and <laughs> obviously, I I do love Microsoft because uh, basically I use it for my day to day work and always on meetings always on uh, chats so yes the, the 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 number one is my microsoft team so it's my day-to-day -day. and um my second productive tool is we call it fresh text okay uh fresh Desk is uh this uh a cloud-based customer support software mm -hmm. and help desk solution you know the software have customer uh customers customer agent become more productive through uh, automations and game mechanics. So uh, th th this, these tools really, really for, for those in the customer support industry, they really need this tool because the, the customer can channel their complaint or request or, you know, feedback through this, um, you know, fresh decks and in real time, the support agent will get all this and can reply fast to the customer. And the best thing about it, they also have it on app. So on the go, the customer service agent can always reply to their customers and in turn, building customer trust and improving customer's experience. So um, these uh, this two productive tools I really, really enjoy because it helped me keep reach to my, to my, to my client and help improve productivity yeah okay I, it, <laughs> it does sound like a lot of what you do is about work though um what do you do when you're not working what do you do to relax and like have fun and chill at least 
if, uh, if, if you do that if you don't I, love, I, think, I, I think it's still okay <laughs> yeah no basically i i love i love driving i i i, I drive a lot oh, okay well, just like for sports yeah, I love or um not not okay. for sport but just you know no one culture driving i just really love to drive okay you know right. i i could just you know get off work i just drive so far I, you know i i remember one time i just woke up I, I was driving to penang for no reason i just wanted to drive and i found myself in penang oh wow okay i i, I drive to jb it's not like i have an appointment i just feel like driving i drive that far so i enjoy driving um i play the piano and the bass guitar so i i love music oh wow that's so right so for my own my leisure time i i write i i compose and i play the the guitar and the piano and finally um i love i love playing video games because it, <laughs> it stimulates and enhance my you know calculation i love video games especially soccer games you know and uh driving games so i i love video games a lot you you said you you compose uh music you you have any original songs uh we can listen to uh, we can find no, those that's just mine just for my not like for professional i just do it on my own spare time okay you share them online but, you but just... <laughs> no i i direct choirs in church okay okay oh that's good Oh, yes. that's, that's so really it's just nice. for my own, not, not professionally, just for my own um, leisure time. Yeah, like this, you, that's, YouTube do, has that uh, thingy where it, it doesn't have to be professional. You just upload for people to, to listen uh, to at least. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do that on my Facebook platform. To oh, ground up generally, um, what advice would you have for people of color expats who um, want to settle in Malaysia um, and for students who are either planning to study here or uh, about graduating, going to and thinking about finding a job as well? Malaysia is a very, it's, it's, it's a super and unique country to study in. It's very nice. Um, their education system is amazing you will get what you're looking for in terms of education if you are coming here to study, okay? However, if you're coming to Malaysia to study with the hope of getting a job or start working, um, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't want to discourage you, but I will advise don't put it as your top, top gain touch, like after study, I'm going to get a job instantly. So you don't put it up because the truth is, if you have it in mind that after studying, you will immediately get a job. I'm sorry, you might be disappointed, but mm-hmm. but there is still opportunity for getting a job. But it's just something I will not advise you put your mind to. Okay, so you just need to, uh, for that, I will advise for you to have your own plan. But if, hey, anything can happen. If you can get it, if you, you, you can, just like someone like me, I never expected I will, but I did. But um, if you're coming with the mindset after studying, or you want to study and you want to work, the first thing is for you to know Malaysia don't, if you're studying, if you're a student in Malaysia, you cannot perform any, you cannot work. So at least you get to know that as a fact. And if you're like waiting after your graduation, you're thinking you will automatically get a job. No. So, but you can leave your uh your finger crossed and who knows 
And for people of color, for experts, maybe coming to want to migrate to work in Malaysia, I will tell you, it's a great country. And if you happen to get employed, uh, an employer that want to employ you, then believe you me, you will really have a swollen time in Malaysia. You have fun. And it's a country that that is amazing to be in. Okay. Uh, you heard Emmanuel. Uh, basically, it's you have several you have opportunities here and it's a great place to be in uh do you have any additional thoughts you want to add to like round up the episode anything we haven't talked about or what's something you think we should know about i just want to thank uh yourself i want to thank you for uh, the invite and I, I can tell you this is amazing and uh, this podcast going on. I believe this podcast will be able to reach and enlighten both the foreigners and the locals to understand the plight of the foreigners, you know, and it can help. I believe the purpose you're bringing this is to help bridge the gap by getting the, 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 the um, understanding of foreigners and their opinions. It can help. Uh, to, to, to bridge the gap and I want to you know uh, encourage all foreigners people of colors living in Malaysia to continue to be positive to continue to be um, abide by the rules and regulation of the land we are in Malaysia we need to abide by the rules and regulation of the land so I will encourage us to be strict uh, up and going and and we we, we will be good once we obey the laws of the land and we are we are legally uh doing what we have to do uh i believe uh we shouldn't have any issue and we should all be fine and once again i say thank you for for the invite and um thank you for joining I, I us hope for to, joining me here uh, talk to you some more tune in to the next episode of the other experts podcast with Kao kappa piro yeah, I think over time, yeah. since since 2008, yeah. I think the, the cases, it might be our maturity uh, as you also, mature. Yeah. <laughs> you, you find yourself in less and less of these sort of situations and scenarios where you might risk something. Yeah. Whereas when we were younger, you'd randomly find yourself wherever your friends were going. <laughs> True. <laughs> So yeah. it's easier to, to fall into a trap. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, and and then you, you'd mostly not have the common sense to back off when you need to. So <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's easy for things to escalate really fast. This episode of the Other Experts podcast was created, edited, and produced by Reward Inc. The intro soundtrack is by Big Main Sound Machine, edited by The Small Room Productions. Listen to the Other Experts podcast on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Music, Pocket Cast, Public Radio, and more. Connect with us on your favorite social media platform and get guides and articles for living in Malaysia on our website, otherexperts.com. As always, leave us your feedback so we can continue to create better content for you. Copyright Reward Inc., Other Experts 2020. Stay safe, people.